Welcome to Far Out with Faust. I'm Faust Chicho, and uh, today I'm sitting here with an amazing man. He's a doctor. His name is Patrick Porter, PhD. Um, and Dr. Porter and his team of scientists are leading the way in brainwave entrainment technology. And in the process, they've, they've made brain tap technologies, and it's become a global leader in the personal improvement field. There's this awesome library of 400 guided audio and creative visualization processes. And BrainTap allows its users to kind of sit back, relax, reboot. It allows them to manage pain, heal from deep traumas, and revitalize the body while achieving peak brain performances. And what I love about it is you just plug in your headphones, sit back, relax. I mean, it just it's amazing. I've been using it for the last week. Um, it's really cool. Um, Dr. Pe Dr. Porter, thank you so much for being here, man. Um, appreciate you coming on, beaming in with us. Well, it's great having me. Thank you. Yeah, man. So let, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about how Brainwave came about, kind of an origin story. Right. Well, <clears throat> back when I actually, when I was a young man, my dad became a Silva instructor because I was a big troublemaker and he was actually a chronic alcoholic. So he found help with meditation and he became part of something called the Silva method where we learned to get into alpha, which is a brainwave state between being awake and sleep. And we used a device, which you put your hand on, called a GSR device, galvanic skin response. And from that, that piqued my curiosity. I started making my own sessions when I was 12. And then when I went to school for electronics, I still was helping my dad, doing seminars and helping him teach people. And I got an opportunity to work with a company called Light and Sound Research. And a team of us put together the very first portable light and sound machine. As far as the origin story goes, in 89, we got the best new gadget of the year. Nice. And, and so, you know, nobody had seen anything like this. It was, it was like, we, we, we really were touted as like the star track of, of wellness at that point. And we're still kind of ahead of the game because no one has really the technology we have that's all in one place. So we keep evolving and learning and developing. But our, our core mission really is to just get the brain functioning better and give people the, the ability to do this without years of clinical training. How do you use these these brainwave cocktails to en enhance and and heal the human mind how how do they work well there's a, there's a few different ways i mean there's a, a wide number too many to go over during this this podcast but the first one is we need to wake up the brain a lot of people are running around there's a state statement that people have the masses are asleep and when we do brain scans where we where we measure they call it brain mapping and we can tell what brain waves people are in people are stuck in a brain wave called delta that's the sleeping brain wave in most people we actually evaluate, whether it be at a conference or in the clinics, we find that over 60% of their brain typically is in Delta, which means they're not... They're asleep. <laughs> yeah, they're asleep. So well, we, that's one of the sessions. We actually call it Wake Up. In our, in our app, we have a bundle called the Wake Up Bundle. That's right. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So usually I, I, we call it Digital Coffee. There's actually one there called Digital Coffee. But the whole series really, it, it, it gets the brainwave going so you can get motivated and do something. Now, think of these brainwaves almost like a gear shift in your car. Instead of it being an automatic, most people are on autopilot, right? And they're not able to shift the gears because they're stuck in one gear or another. Mm -hmm. And then we have a, we actually have uh, the science behind it that shows that if you do a brain tapping session, a 20 minute session in the afternoon, on average, you can reclaim 80% of the energy you had in the morning because it's, wow. uh, it's really about energy at the end of the day and clarity and better sleep. So we also have ones that put you to sleep at night, but you can really listen whenever you're, it's comfortable for the person. Right. And 
and really it brings in, think of it like imitating a cycle of sleep. So mm -hmm. you can do it in 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, or even longer. But we, we try to, and, and we are considered, quote, a biohack or a consciousness hack or a health hack. Sure. But we were doing it before that term was possible. Mm -hmm. And we think of hack, it is a shortcut, but think of all the monks out there and people meditating. They do hacks too, like meditating in the mountains, for instance. You're, you're actually the frequency response of a mountain is 7.8 hertz frequency. So you have a theta response. So our nervous system, which is adaptive, you're sitting there on the mountain, you're getting that resonant frequency. Your body is going to always match its environment. Uh, so when we're there, so there, the gurus were doing it. A candle flickers at 10 hertz, which is alpha. So if you're meditating to a candle, you're, that's kind of the old style hacking, if you will. Yeah. We just, we just modernized it with technology. Yeah. HeartMath actually is one of the people that have done a lot of research in this. And most people don't realize we have really a brain heart. I mean, the mm -hmm. heart brain, if you want to call it that, we, we, either way. So we have 40,000 neutrino cells in our heart that communicate with our big brain up here. We also have more neuro connections in our gut than we do in our brain up here. So these three kind of act like a uh, synergistically to bring about energy. As soon as I read about your work, I, I said, I said that I, Dr. Porter, I was like, he has to know my, my guy, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And of course, oh, yeah. you know, we were, we were talking the other day, you, you, you guys both um, are, I mean, I know you're, you're head of the International Quantum University of Integrated Medicine, which, uh, you know, is, I think is an amazing place. And I know he, he pops in and out of there. And uh, so it's, it's just, it's, it's so cool. Um, you guys are really on the cutting edge. And, you know, one of the things I've been excited to ask you about is, you know, having been uh, a student of Dr. Joe's, uh, you know, I, I know the unlimited power that a coherent heart and mind has, you know, and I've witnessed some amazing synchronicities with people who I, who I've, I'm close with, you know, some amazing healings. And, you know, I'm sure that you've, you've had some cosmic occurrences, uh, for lack of a better term. And I, I would love to hear a, a little, a little more about them from you. Oh, yeah. I, I think when you, what happens is you have discretionary access to these mystical states because people think that they're only mystics that have them, but we, they're part of everyday awareness. Just to give you an example, our eyes bring in 2,000 pieces of information, but we only act on 40 of them. So what are those other thousand, some thousand nine hundred and sixty, you know, uh, pieces of information? There's something out there that we don't see or we just omit. And in psychology, they call it actually a stictoma, which is after when Jesus said you can't see the fault in another because of the stick in your eye. So mm -hmm. psychologists use that. But the, we don't, we omit, we have blind spots. Mm -hmm. So when you open up your mind and your consciousness, you start to see more, be involved with more in the energy centers. But I mean, one thing that happened to me, and I just uh, put it as part of a book, and Joe Dispenza is actually, Dr. Joe's in the book as well, telling nice. his story. But we talk about, for me, uh, my, when I first started, even though I had a lot of background with my dad, I had a, 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 something happen to me in my um, career when I was in college. I got a bisulfite poisoning, which is a chemical reaction that happens in the lungs. Mm. And my lungs actually felt like I had Reynolds wrap in them. And mm. my sister said, hey, I'm going to send my, my guardian angels to heal you. And that night I had a visit by, all I can say is it was a mystical experience with a golden being. The next morning I woke up and the doctors were amazed. Nothing was in my bloodstream anymore. I was speaking again. I couldn't speak before that. I could hardly walk. I had like wow. severe Parkinson uh, symptoms, but it all went away magically. 
And of course, I didn't tell him that I had this visit. Nuts. Um, but after that, I started thinking, wow, I've got to research. So I've, I've been to India literally mm -hmm. probably 60, 70 times. I go there a few times a year. Now I'm working with the universities there. But I went there first to, for my own understanding to learn with, because I, I figured if you're going to go learn, you might as well go to India where it all started, really. And then I went to China. I've been to Wudang Mountain. I've studied with the priest there in Wudang. Uh, because wow. we were, uh, my, my whole thing was there's more here and there's even though we have technology for the 21st century mm -hmm. uh, this is just a mirror of the technology they had in the olden days yep. in fact uh, even light therapy in India I'm learning so much about in their ancient books their Vedas they talk about Helos uh, healing which is the sun's light mm -hmm. and uh, there's just so much about it that it mirrors what we're doing today and I mean, I've had people have, uh, I remember one girl that came in, she was told she had six weeks to live and her doctor had documented it. And she was supposed to go to the Mayo Clinic in four weeks. I said, why don't you schedule that? Call them back and say, hey, you want to go in seven weeks? Because mm -hmm. well, they told me I only have six weeks to live. I said, just schedule the appointment for seven weeks. And we worked with her and got her changing her belief system. She had mm -hmm. an immune system problem where her, her body was turning on itself. You know, in basically, that's a lot of uh, immune problems. This yeah. was before it was so popular. And so when she went back, she changed her thinking, which changed her mind, which changed her body's physiology. She went back and the doctor said that they had misdiagnosed her. Wow. And I'm, I was thinking, oh, man, we're finally going to get documented proof that this, uh, this actually works. But we've had that happen time and time again. And now we're very lucky because Ames, which is the All Indian Institute of Medical Sciences, they're doing esoteric kind wow. of research because that they do a lot of research with yoga uh -huh. reading Burke and they're loving the brain tap and they're loving doing the work with it because we can get their people there much quicker yeah most people don't understand when they try to meditate they actually have a stress response yeah the hippocampus doesn't know what how to handle it that's why like when you went to dr. Joe's you probably went for a weekend or a few days you get this immersive type experience they yeah. get it Time to do it. A lot of people go in the middle of their busy schedule. They sit right. down. Oh, and then they jump up. And they go, "Hey, nothing's happening." No, yeah, they're like, "I'm no good at this." And then, then they, yeah. you know, they naturally the body needs to be reconditioned. And and when you when you tend to retreat, any you know any retreat, uh, you know you're you 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 have time, and that's the beauty of it. And and it's not that it's not that it, the you're not good at it. It's just you're not used to it. You know, right. um, and it's recontextualizing that, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I wanted to ask you, and I'm sure you you could do it in a in a way that's um, easily understood. You know, could, could I know that there are um, five brain five brainwave states, and I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through them. Um, right. Well, let's start from the slow waves first. So most people know they need a deep sleep, and they need to do that. So that's the delta brainwave, and that delta brainwave is really associated with rejuvenation, uh, replenish. It's the rest and digest kind of brainwave. If, if we don't, we need that. So having 60% seems like it would be a good thing, but it isn't when you're awake because you should only have about 7% of your brain or less in Delta when you're awake. Then we move up to a little faster one called Theta. Theta has been associated with inventive mindsets, um, you know, basically inspiration breakthroughs. Dreaming, uh, right? When we're, when we're dreaming, we're often in Theta. That's when you have that lucid dreaming, when you wake yeah. up and it seems so real that it, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, in that state in, of mind, they call it hypernesia, super memory states. 
So a lot of people will have, like if you wake up on the way to waking up, you hear a song on the radio and it's stuck in your head all day. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because you heard it in theta. Oh. And usually most people will have anywhere between 10% or less of theta. If you have less than that, you're probably not sleeping. That's why when we do a brain map, we can tell. I'll do a brain map with somebody. I say, you're not sleeping very well, are you? Oh, how'd you know that? Well, <laughs> we can't jump from alpha, which is the next one I'm going to talk about, to, to delta. We, we are, our brain kind of works analog, not digital. Mm. And that's the problem. So we, we flow through these states. So even though I'm mentioning them as separate, they're all together. They all yeah. should be working at the same time. So when you, when you get into alpha, Alpha is that flow state that a lot of people talk about. Yeah. And most people, if you're functioning correctly, you're going to have between 30 and 35% of your brain in alpha at all times. It's also problem solving. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, if you, we all know people who are good, really good problem solvers, creative people. So they get a problem, their brain immediately brings them a solution. Mm -hmm. That's from the alpha brainwave. Also, mm -hmm. speaking has to do with alpha. That's why when people get stressed out, they can't communicate. Oh, I don't know that. They get no. up on stage and they can't remember it. So that's why practicing, rehearsing, and all of that takes that away and you can get more into the flow. Mm. Uh, beta is our reactionary mind. Right. So when we're in beta, that's kind of, we call it our survivor brain. The others can be considered our healing brain. So once we get into beta, we're, we're basically locking ourselves out. If we get too high in beta before we get to gamma, which we'll talk about in a minute, we can get into what's called neurological lock which means that we get stuck in this uh, super stress that's mm. happening today. And a lot of people are experiencing it because our body is designed to maybe have that super stress response two or three times a week. You know, it used right. to be out hunting and gathering. We'd run into a saber-toothed tiger. We'd run like hell. And right. if we made it, we, we'd, go in the, we'd go in the cave and whew, we'd relax, you know, <laughs> right. and we'd go away. Now we run into the cave and then our we turn on the television and watch the news, you know, yeah. something like that. And yeah, so no help that, there, that you know. As well. So in the, in the process of doing that, we need, to, we need to shift that. The reactionary mind is where all the trouble is in, in our current world, but we need it. We have to have that to function, but it mm -hmm. should only be like 40% max. Right. If it's more than 40%, then you can be irritated, have anxiety, stress disorders, all of those things. And when Dr. Joe's saying, you know, learn how to uh, basically forget yourself, yeah. he's talking about that beta brain because yeah. we get locked into that. We wake up and, and it's almost like the old days that people can remember computers when we used to have to wait for them to load and you'd see that, that green screen, it would be loading up all the programs. Yeah. Well, when we wake up, that loads up into our resident memory mm -hmm. and that's who we think we are. We start yep. believing that lie, and the truth is we're infinite. But we, that's what governs us. So that's all ran by the beta brain. Now, if you can go beyond that mm -hmm. into gamma, gamma is heightened states of creativity. When we've measured people who are healers, like hands-on healers, some chiropractors or Reiki people, uh, other healers, they go off the chart with gamma. Yeah. I've, had, uh, I've had surgeons that I've done, and all I have to do is say, I want you to just close your eyes. Imagine you're doing your surgery, your last surgery you did. Their gamma, the really good ones, their gamma goes off the chart. No kidding. They're in a really high meditative state. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of research about gamma now. We're playing around with it here at the clinic because uh, we have some need for that with, yeah. with people doing like ayahuasca treatments and, and mushrooms and things mm -hmm. like that. They, we want to have a gamma that goes with it, but it's not out there for public consumption. But right, that's, right. We, you can trigger that as well through the brain tap. We've, we've already showed that.
But you know, you mentioned um, mushrooms and ayahuasca, and that's that's you know a, a, a very big interest for me as well. And I, I'm I'm wondering, you know, how, can you tell me how a little bit of I don't know how much you can talk about it. Um, how well, you guys are incorporating it? Those themselves, but we work with this these doctor groups mm-hmm. in Mexico and other places that that what they do is they call it the they call it the forbidden cocoon for some reason, but they use the brain tap and they use a sound table like we, cause we have a sound table that works mm-hmm. with it too. So they're getting like Dr. Emoto's work where we can put sound vibrations through the body and it changes, restructures the water. Yeah. We, so when they get into this cocoon, we use grounding blankets and we use the, um, the sound table. Then they put on the brain tap and they've done their, um, they call them journeys. They mm-hmm. go on a journey with whatever ayahuasca or the right. mushroom. And these people are, they're becoming, they're using it for drug therapy, for PTSD. Uh, basically, it gets them to have a glimpse of reality beyond what our conscious mind believes is possible. And, uh, you know, our brain, they know that our brain has receptors for DMT, which is mm-hmm. another one that people can take that's only like 15 minutes long. So um, we're, I'm just learning about it myself, but I'm hearing the feedback from them, these experts that are, you know, yeah. they, have, uh, they, they have what they call a shaman. That's yep. there. It yep. knows. It knows the mixtures and how to do that. And, oh yeah, uh, it's very. But, it's very ceremonial. You know, it's yeah, very precise. So, you know, I, I feel the the need to go do that at some point, but I, and I want. I to recommend it. it. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I've read about it, I I mean, I I subscribe to Gaia, so I've too, seen yeah. that about that, and and you know, people that really want to know about Joe Dispenza, if they don't have Gaia, they should do it. He just came out with a new series on there called Rewired. Yeah, it's really it's, good. It's great. It really encapsul- encapsulates his his work, a lot of his work, you know. Um, and uh, especially now with everything going on, not a lot of retreats happening, and you know, it's a great way to to, to touch in with the work. But um, so, talk to me a little bit about uh, kind of electronic drugs, you know. Um, and like, do you think that frequencies can one day, you know, re- replace drugs? Um, is that I mean, is that the future? Yeah, well, I we actually have two studies going on. One at Government Institute of Medical Sciences in India, in a corresponding study, the same one in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, and they're actually calling it digital drugs. Because <laughs> we're, your brain is the most powerful pharmacy on earth, and every drug on the market works with the reactionary forces of our own brain. Right. So that's why they call it practicing medicine. So I'm going to, if I'm a doctor and Faust, you need a drug, or I think I'm going to get you something, I'm going to say, try this. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. see. And then the next time you come back, how did you feel? Okay, that doesn't work. Try this one. Because mm-hmm. your body might respond differently to it. The problem with most of, most of the drugs that are on the market is they're easy to get on and hard to get off. Yeah. Because the brain is a very lazy mechanism. It's very powerful, but it loves patterns. And if you offload some of its work it says right. you know, i don't have cool. to do that anymore i'm going to do this drug and it just does it and yeah. then when you try to get off it says wait a minute you were feeding me that serotonin before or, or blocking those serotonin receptors right i didn't have to worry about this so yes i think it is and i think because like the the opioid crisis we have right now our brain when i went through surgery my dad took me through taught me how to do it i had shoulder surgery they took a piece of my collarbone put it over here with a screw through it no medicine wow no drugs nothing put me out he he trained me to do it, and uh, then he gave, if I woke up, which I did one time during the surgery, all I had to do is give myself the trigger words, and mm-hmm. I went back under, and the doctor got a little startled when it happened, wow. but I just, I just kind of looked at him, and, he, and I just did that, and boom, I was out again, mm-hmm. and then uh, 
the healing was much faster without yeah. the drugs in the system. I, pain is optional. Uh, when we take people through pain-free uh, childbirth, we call it stress-free childbirth because not everybody can go through pain-free, but it's pretty close to that. Yeah. Our brain does all the work anyway. So let's get the, the world's greatest pharmacy working for us. And what happens with these frequencies, what's pretty cool about it, everyone wants to talk about frequencies and how they hurt us, like EMFs and things like that, yeah. which they do because we're electrical systems. We're 99% right. we're space. And uh, what I love now in the research is that they know that we're light beings. We're not, yeah. It's not a metaphysical concept. Somebody out there goes, people say I'm light. You are light. That's right. all you are. You know, and our DNA actually every 40 seconds broadcasts a frequency of light. It pulses it. It rebraids that 99% of the DNA that's called junk DNA. Because when they, when they map the DNA structure of, the universe, of our bodies, they only, they only really mapped 1% but they think they've mapped it all. No, that's because the other 99% is changing every 40 seconds. Right. That fixed. So when we, so when these frequencies hit it, now our own neurochemistry and our own biochemistry changes based on that frequency because everything in the universe is frequency. Right. You know, when Nikola Tesla said, if you really want to talk about health, you've got to talk about frequency. That's right. You know, so when we, when we think about that, now we just got to tune into it. What we did with our gamma training is we're, we're going to have a stepping process because even in ancient times, there's, there's a, when they go into these caves, like where people would meditate in these beehive kind mm -hmm. of people would have these experiences they can't understand. They now can go and they, they measured them. Their actually frequency is 115 megahertz. So when you go in there, you're at high gamma. That's super high gamma. So when you're in there, your body's adjusting to it. And even though it's ancient technology, that technology is still working. Yeah. Have you heard of the Bob Monroe Institute? I, I, I you know, yes. I love, I love yeah. those. Bob I have a bunch Monroe, of those been, CDs. Yeah, we started working with him back in 1986, and um, I actually had property in Shipman, Virginia, which was right down the road from the Monroe Institute. And I, I've been fortunate enough because we we knew them have dinner with them and and patrick flanagan in the stargate program and that's awesome we and i read his books obviously five thousand journeys you know yeah and things like that uh, i also researched with ekinkar i don't know if you've ever heard of that ekinkar has he wrote a book called in my soul i'm free and soul. there are a lot more positive stories than <laughs> robert monroe monroe's took you to these uh like war zones yeah in consciousness um ekinkar takes you to uh, more of a, a celestial zone but what we found is that we know that our body, our consciousness, who we are, is not resident in our body. And I think Robert Monroe was the first one to actually kind of write about it in, in a big way. I know that uh, the, there's a lot of books written about astral projection or soul. Right, projection. right. And, but he, he could get people to replicate that. So when we first came out with the MC Square, we didn't have, I didn't do any sessions then. I was just, I was a spokesman. We used to use... The Monroe Institute's processes during our right. very first uh, MC Square program, awesome. and people loved it. And we would match up his algorithm with our light algorithm. Yeah, man. He, I mean, he was so. I mean, he was so far ahead of his time. I mean, his his is still great today. His his work and his you know his CDs. You know, I I think that I I've used them and I think they're still so relevant, still fantastic. You know. Um, oh, but you know, I heard you mention the the the. the Stargate, um, you gotta, you gotta give me got any juicy stories. I mean, like, Stargate. If people want to look up the book Stargate on on Amazon or something, they can read about Patrick Flanagan. He was part of the program. Certain people 
they know 100% of the people, like when my dad did Silva, every person was a medical intuitive. I mean, it was like 99%, which meant you could tell me, you could be thinking in your mind about somebody you know in your family, the person who's your partner in the seminar doesn't know them, has a chalkboard, they have a silver screen, they call it. Then they mm -hmm. put that person up there, they would tell you what's wrong with that person without knowing them. Wow. So we proved that to people. What Robert Monroe in, in this Patrick Flanagan who married uh, Robert Monroe's daughter, what he, he was picked out by the government as part of the Stargate program where he could project his mind to any place on the globe. They wouldn't tell him, they would, they would give him coordinates, like, you know, this axis, that axis, and he would tell them what was going on there, and they would draw pictures of it. So and, he was a remote viewer. He was yes, a, a remote viewer. Yeah. That's what the whole program was. And now it makes a lot of sense if you, if you see uh, uh, Neeson Herman's uh, kind of research. It shows everything in creation is on the cusp of the black hole, mm -hmm. and they think that, you know, if we have 75 trillion cells in our body, then we at least have 75 trillion black holes that we're mm -hmm. operating in. And then they get smaller and it keeps small, it goes to infinity. So the, that plays into the holographic universe. Right. And, but what they're doing, and this, is, this was funded by our CIA, by, our, by what they call the black box projects. Right. How, how easy is that? You don't even have to, you have these spies. Now, supposedly, he said that they haven't stopped this program, but it's supposedly on the books, it's been stopped now. But they had. I, some, I doubt they stopped it. Yeah, you know, they had some pretty relevant uh, information. In fact, right. uh, most people, when they first do it, they found that almost everybody could do it. But then, as soon as they realized what they were doing, their belief system got in the way, and they stopped <laughs> doing it. But then there was a small group of people that would continue to do it, and those were the people that became part of the Stargate program. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I heard the, I heard the same exact thing about spoon bending and, you know, um, some some. Gary Geller. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he, was, he was hired by the CIA too. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was given a full. You know, I mean, they were like, "Can we keep him?" And <laughs> they they loved him. Um, and every every place he went, you know, he really kind of just he was Stanford. He was at a bunch of different places. He just kept wowing everyone, and they were like, "This guy's off the charts," you know. Like, um, they wrote a lot of what are now declassified papers about him. Um, that's so, you know, I, I, I love, I, I've had some experience remote viewing, successfully remote viewing, yeah. I should say, you know. And, um, you know, what I found is the, the more I enter into a childlike state, the more successful I am in my remote viewing, you know. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that's why some people, they do it they, and then they realize they're doing it and then they can't do it again. Um, because you, you get back into this adult mind of like these belief systems and you get tripped up, you know. Um. The, the person who trained me uh, before meeting the Marone Institute even, his name was Gil Gilly. And um, he might still be alive. He was alive two years ago, but he was 84 years old. So I haven't talked to him. But I worked with him for three years. And he was brought up by a guy named Ernest Holmes. And people might know Science of the Mind, a church of religious science mm -hmm. is based on Ernest Holmes' work. And he actually was brought up with him because he... He basically, without any training, would do this, and he, he was born in Oklahoma, and he would tell people, like, what was going to happen, and it started happening, and he could read your mind. He scared wow. the heck out of my cousin because she didn't believe <laughs> Here, come on and meet this guy, and he started telling her everything she was thinking, and he says, your thoughts aren't your own. They're being broadcast, and he would pick them up. Yeah. And, uh, he actually told me a unique story. I, when I first met my wife, I had her listen to a cassette tape that I had with Gilly told me. Because I was going to get out of this business back in 1985, mm -hmm. and he said, "You can't do that. You've got you're going to meet some people that are going to help you revolutionize your industry, and you're going to build this machine that's going to blah blah." Wow. He's telling me, and I have it all on a cassette tape. 
And he used to do a, a show in Vegas because he would do, he was a mentalist too, but mm -hmm. he was a true mentalist, you know, what he could do. And some of it was magic, you know, because he had to do it for Vegas. But he told me to go there. He told me the name of the person, where I'd meet her at the show. And I was walking wow. between classes and her name was Linnea. I write about her in my book, Awaken the Genius. Mm -hmm. And when I was walking between classes, uh, I, I was in a hurry, and she said, I need to show you something. I said, i got to get to this class. I'll check it out later. And she said, my name's Linnea. He had told me her name was going to be Linnea. I said, nope, i got time. I'm going to wow. see you. But my first experience was pretty wild. And um, then that just everything clicked into place from there, and, and I got into this business. But Gilly knew that. So there's something far out. Yeah. He, he was a guy that far they, he has pictures that, uh, where he's frozen in a block of ice. And wow. he's there, and then it thaws. He was called the, the guru's guru because he could do things that usually you went to become a guru to do, but he, but he was just a normal guy. He was, a, he was actually a naturopath, was wow. his job. But that's, he had these skills, so he was a medical intuitive. You know, he could look at you and yeah. what was going on. With Almost you. like an Edgar Casey. I mean, he sounds like an Edgar, Edgar Casey kind of. Except you he'd know. do it when you're awake. You know, yeah. he'd himself to sleep. But yeah, I, I lived in uh, Virginia Beach. I had a property in Chipman, but my offices were in Virginia Beach, so mm -hmm. we got to do a lot with the Edgar Casey group, and that um, always fascinated me. Yeah, that. amazing man he was. Um, so, what's a you know? I've always wondered this. You know, what is a mentalist? What what exactly? What well, do they do? You know. Well, a mentalist, of course, the mentalist in Vegas, they do trickery to show you how to do these. In fact, he taught me some of the things that he did, and I could do. I could put them into my shows, and I thought, no, I don't want to know anymore because right. it's like a magic trick. Once you know the magic trick, you don't want to know it. But right. a, a true, like one of these true mentalists would be, they can see things, picture things. Like to give an example, my uncle was a chronic alcoholic, and I said, Gilly, we can't find his alcohol. He keeps getting drunk. He says, go out. In Phoenix, they have these uh, alleys between the houses. Mm -hmm. He said, go out into the alley, go down to the third waste, the waste receptacle, around the behind it there'll be his bottle will be there and it was there wow and so, he just i said how do you know that he goes i can see it in my head he that's the kind of person he was i see you know okay. and of course people can learn to do that but he was basically born that way and his joke is always you know he's been studied by all these different these different universities and all that and he said they told me i was normal so i guess all of you are abnormal <laughs> <laughs> you know? so we all have that he would say we all have this ability it's just it's not realized yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think happens? To, I mean, this is maybe this is a little off topic, but you know what? I always love to ask my my guests this. What What do you think happens to the human to to the human when we when we die? Well, we die? you know, there's been a lot of studies on uh, near death and things. And the guy who wrote the book Saved by the Light, um, mm -hmm. Vince, I've spoke with him many times. And uh, I do believe that this isn't the end of it we know that it weighs about three quarters of an ounce mm -hmm. because when the body dies, they've done measurements. What's that three quarters of an ounce? That's the energy that you are. So think about who you are. You're the animator. Mm -hmm. This is just a vehicle. So, you know, when, and, and everybody believes this at funerals. It's, it's amazing to me. You go to a funeral, they go, you know, she's in a better place or he's in a better place. Yeah. Well, then you talk to him two weeks later and you say, you know what they said is better? Oh, that's hogwash. There's no afterlife. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. but when you're faced with your mortality, we know the law of thermodynamics said that energy never dies. It just transcends. Right. So I don't know the exact places we go, but I've had so many experiences that I know with certainty 
that this isn't the end and it's not the beginning and it goes on into forever. Right. You know, and this is just, uh, and I love the way uh, Sai Baba, who is one of the gurus that I spent a lot of time with over in India, he used to say, they go, why do you look like you do? He says, this is just a shirt. He said, to me, this is a shirt I'm wearing. Tomorrow, right. on another shirt, I'll be someone else. You know, so, you know, in the scope of reality or in infinite time, a hundred years is nothing. Yeah. You know, so we're going to be somewhere doing something and we're, we're energy. But it, right. And so we see ourselves as these gross bodies, or what I mean by gross, not, not gross in appearance, but just physically manifest. Right, right. But the reality is we're space. If we took, if we took every person on earth in their solidness, we could fit it in a thimble. That's right. So every person on earth could fit into a thimble with physical space. So we're all nothing. We're all information. We're all energy. Right. When that energy leaves, well, I, I happen to be in the room when my... My mentor, the guy that actually, well, my first publisher, he was a science of the mind practitioner. He was mm -hmm. like my spiritual guru here in America because mm -hmm. he was also a very successful businessman. So he kind of married the two. And he, when, he, when I first graduated and got in my business, he said, Patrick, you're going to starve to death. You know, because I had no skills to work with yeah. people. You, know, you graduate and you think everybody's just going to come to you. And right, come. right. So he was, but when we were there and he left, his body, he was smiling. And, uh, you know, he knew with certainty because he had a near-death experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, in almost every ancient religion, they, had, they, had, they said that you need to have this experience while you're alive so you don't fear it when you leave. And so a lot of people have these near-death experiences. And then afterwards, I still remember uh, my dad, because of what we did, we would get all the weird questions, you know, from the neighbors. Yeah. In this, and we were pretty good troublemakers growing up, so the police always knew where we were. We were in a small town called Battlefield. <laughs> Same here. In, yeah. in the, uh, the, but they also knew what my dad did. The police officer said when he died, he followed the ambulance to the hospital. Wow. That's they brought so him back to life, and he went back in his body. He was the meanest, angriest, irritable person you ever met. Afterwards, he was the nicest person, easygoing. He actually had to quit being a police officer. Because yeah. he, couldn't, he couldn't do that anymore. Right. You and so he, 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 and my dad was a counselor, so he would come to him, and then he was, you know, he came to our group sessions and things like that, and, and he's talking about, he goes, I still don't know what happened, but I know that I'm not that body. I'm not this body. He said, yeah. I followed my body. And, and so, I mean, people have these experiences, and they, there's one, one thing that I always wanted to write about was what they call near-death visions. Hmm. And people that sat with with dying patients, yep. they write down what they're seeing, and they usually get met by, they think they're going insane, but now they think there might be a reality to it because people are coming to meet them, calm them down. That's like, right. Hey, you know, you're coming with us now, you're, you know, and whatever's going on there, whether it's a play of the mind or if it's a reality, so many people are having the same experience that haven't read the same books. That's you know, right. So what's and going on there? So I'm a firm believer that there is... There's life before this, life after this, that this is only one expression. In fact, I'm of the belief that we're multidimensional, that we have, we're already having multiple experiences at the same time. Me, we are of like mind, my friend. Um, you know, and, and I, I, it reminds me of so many things. It reminds me of uh, Anita Morjani and her story, which I love. I love what she tells her story of how, I mean, there's a woman who was wasting away uh, 98 pounds uh, of cancer, tumors everywhere, you know, had this, uh, a near, was in a coma, near-death experience, 
was in the room, you know, with her body. I mean, you got to hear, you can go on, you can YouTube her story and, and hear. She was in the other room with the doctors. She heard the doctor tell her, uh, her husband that she was not going to make it, you know, um, and when she came, when she came back, you know, she was able to tell all this. They were like, how did you, you, how did you hear that? You know, and, and she was, she, she was in the room, you know, um, and, uh, you know, what you're saying also reminds me of, I've, I've been following a, a doctor. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Dr. Zach Bush. Um, and he talks, oh, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, like he does gut repair too, but he does, he does, <laughs> which is, gonna, you know, going to be more and more important whether people yep. realize it or not. Um, but, you know, he talks about this sterilization of death and, and I love the way he talks about it. You know, he tells experience. He's was in the room. It was two, I think three people in one day he who had died and he had brought back you know three three different walks of life and all all three said the same thing when they when he brought them back they were like why why did you why did you bring me back i was so it was so peaceful i was so accepted i was I, you know and he was like a, there was it couldn't be more of a clear sign to me what was happening you know there is no there is no death it's just another birth you know right uh, and it's so important, I think, for people to understand, especially today with everything. Yeah, with through this. the years, actually, when I was do in therapy, we had a woman who had chronic knee pain and she couldn't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So during a session, I had her just close her eyes and say, hey, go to, go to what caused the pain in your knee. She immediately told me about a past life experience where she drowned. I don't know what the, how that had to do with her knee, wow. but she immediately started talking to me like a man. And I recorded every wow. session people take home. And she told, she gave this whole history of her existence here, what she was doing. I'm like blown away. I didn't know what was going on, but I, yeah. I said, you need to listen to this. Cause when she came back, she goes, what happened? It was one of those experiences where she didn't even remember it. Cause she was out of there, but her consciousness led the session. Yeah. When she heard it, she had her brother listen to it. And her brother called me up and said, I, and this was the incredible thing. She was actually adopted, but she didn't know it. Wow. Until that session. And she was left at the doorstep. She was 67 years old. Oh, my God. And she didn't know her whole life why her family didn't accept her. She didn't feel like she belonged. She wasn't even part of their family. She was left at the doorstep as a child. And they brought her up, but she wasn't really part of the family. Right. It was never told that. But her brother knew that, but never mm. told her. When, I get, when he listened to the tape, he thought it was me talking to her because she sounded like a man. Wow. Wow. She's channeling. Was I, mean, I said, that was her doing it. But the immediate, the wonderful thing about it, and I said, well, it really doesn't matter. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, her knee pain's gone. Right, right. And in her knee, so in her mind, whatever happened psychosomatically, she recorded that data in her That's knee, right. which has to do with change and transformation, Is if you look at Louise Hay's work. Mm -hmm. so, but she solved that problem by having that experience. And I always told my clients, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. You don't have to believe it. Uh, truth doesn't need our belief. I, I, I love what you said about, you know, how we know now that we are a light body, you know, because this was such a, this was such a, a, a very well accepted new age, new age understanding. Yet, you know, when other people hear that, they think that it's just a bunch of new agers talking nonsense, but we know that there's science that, that behind this. So, you know, it's, I love having these conversations yeah. with people Every like cell you. Right now, as we're, as they're looking at us right now, it's the chromoforms in our cells that are absorbing the light or re projecting the light. The reality is that we're every color they're not seeing. Right. We're, right. We're, we're, we're transmitting this color of us 
we're, this shirt is not purple. It's every color but purple, but it's, it's emitting purple back out to the world because that's what reality does. We're playing off all the, and then our mitochondria is always either absorbing light or transmitting light, and they now know that that's a form of communication. Our nervous system, of course, is one form of communication, but they also know that like our fascia, you know, mm -hmm. our dura, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's also a way like fiber optics communicating through light. That's right. Through our body. So, I that's... mean, the, I think science is going to show, eventually, it's going to be like Star Trek. We're going to be laying in a bed. They're going to have frequency, yeah. light, and sound, <laughs> and vibration. But they're going to take it to a next level. I mean, we're experimenting with it. But there's going to be so much. Another brighter mind is going to be born that says, you know what? Let's tweak this. Let's do that. And then people are going to realize, wow, we can, I mean, what makes a person? I mean, right. when you think about it, you know, what makes life? You know. Right things come together in the right environment, in the right situation. So if we can start creating the right environment, the right situation for health and well-being, and we, we all have our own healing cocoon in our home. That's right. So we can go in and recharge and revitalize. Then we can go out and take this onslaught of stress that we have. Yeah. Uh, stress, signals, chemicals, you know, you, you name it. Um, I, I agree with you. You know, I was just, I was just having a conversation um, with someone on the show, and, you know, we were talking about how, we we always we we have this habit right now anyway where we are in our evolution of uh kind of only looking at the physical part of the equation whether we're talking about you know dna for years we just we we just thought we looked at the genome and we said oh we don't know what that protein is we'll just put that to the side we'll That's figure junk. it's junk <laughs> yes but this we you know let's look at this the, you know and then everything became about genes and everything that happened to you was because of your genes and you know and, and like i feel like it's the same thing we study healing but we leave out consciousness and and the non-physical aspect of healing and so it, it's, it's literally you could say it's half the equation I would argue that it's even more than half, since that's really where we're creating our reality from. You know, right. it's just... our, the intention code, if you will. When you walk into the room and you're going to heal somebody, that and you believe it with certainty, they feel oh, yeah. that energy. Now, if oh, you go into God, a yeah. room in uh, when my my sister-in-law she passed away about ten years ago, but she had a doctor. She called one doctor Doctor Death. And one doctor was Dr. Hopeful because the one doctor was always telling her possibilities and all this. Yeah. The other doctor was just telling her, prepare to die, get your everything in order, just do this. She looked yeah. past Dr. Death's diagnosis. Um, and the thing is that, you know, like the, the one you're talking about that I, I'm pretty sure it's the book by uh, that. I've read that book that uh, isn't it Wayne Dyer helped bring that book to reality. Um, there's yeah. Yeah. Or, or Bruce Lipton. I, yeah. Both, both of them really. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she's dying. The, the, I had another experience that is kind of relevant to that. There's a guy, his name is Dr. Um, uh, gosh, Dr. Gregory. I can't remember his last name, but we called him Dr. Gregory. He actually was in the middle of open heart surgery. They mm -hmm. closed him up. They said, there's nothing we can do. They wheeled him aside. But he was hearing everything. He was still there. He said, I'm there. And he ran light through his body every day. Just visualize light. Wow. He came back and was like Edgar Casey. And I still have a cassette of him talking to me because I got a reading from him and he could close his eyes and see this record because we're running around with this record of our life around us. Right. Tell you all about that. So we have this Akashic, they call it in, in ancient. That's history. right. I know the term. This energy, yeah. this energy fields around us and we play off those memories and those beliefs. And so when we meet somebody 
it's by divine appointment. It's not, there's not That's a coincidence right. anymore. There's, there, you know, like anybody watching this, it's not a coincidence. And if it no. brings up something for you, that's so you can see it, view it, experience it, maybe make peace with it, whatever's going on. That's right. But you're never going to please everyone, so I, I, you got to stop trying. You know, you just got to please yourself. And that's right. Like people will fall in line. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I tell my, my nine-year-old all the time, my, my six-year-old's not interested just yet, but my nine-year-old very interested, you know, and, and, I, and I keep, I, I always stress them, like, they're, they're, the word coincidence is, is not a real word. It's something that we say be, when we think that something happened by chance, but there is nothing that happens by chance in this universe. You know, there is no such thing as a random event. He's, you know, he's always wrapping his mind around that. I love watching right. his wheels turn. Yeah, I wish I had a dollar for every time I mention somebody's name and then I get a text or an email or a call from oh, them. Oh, yeah. And I haven't heard from them for six months, a year, two years. Uh, there's, there's more here, you know, this non-locale, and they mm -hmm. now know that, I mean, when they've taken, uh, even they've broken apart a cell, right? I mean, a uh, atom, and they've had it, Whatever experience, when they broke it apart, they've taken yeah. it from one side of the country to the other. It has That's right. reactions. So we're all connected in that way. At some point, when, that, when uh, Clive Baxter did the things with the plants, where he took the plant back into the laboratory, they had the EG hooked up to the plant out in the forest, and they tortured the plant in the lab every time. That's they right. That same moment, same with human hair, right? I mean, yeah. they, they, you could take human hair, separate it from the person, take that first of all they first they were like we'll just take it a block as if that as if the dis you know and then they would they would play music and and all they did all these things to activate the emotion of, of the person who you know who obviously still had their hair attached and they watched as the hair that they cut off and separated had the same exact reaction how the dna changed in it i mean like talk about you know that i'm not, that, sure. I'm not sure if you know uh, you know ted corin corin specific technique you ever heard of that um, no, he's somebody you might want to talk to because he's pretty far out there. But we were um, he does this. Uh, they do this. They call it the other than conscious. They do this OD and they measure and they they adjust people without touching them. And huh. so Dr. Barwell, who's very scientific, he has the neuro infinity machine. We had somebody out in the hall doing an EG with them. Ted Corn was up on stage adjusting him at the moment he adjusted him. There was a cortical response of the guy sitting in the chair on the EG machine. Blew wow. everybody away. The guy out in the hall did not know when, where, or how it was going to happen, but he had the response. It was a remote adjustment. Now, wow. if people don't believe in chiropractic right now. They're really not going to believe that. But, but I was right. there, and I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. Something, you know. So there was an entanglement, and there was a transition, yes. and the person received it. Especially with what's going on, you know, with this pandemic and with all this pervasive fear um you know what what talk can you talk to me a little bit about the placebo versus the nocebo effect you know well they're using both of them right now obviously yeah yeah they sure are what happens is they now know there's actually a book called suggestible you which i would recommend anybody wants to learn about it the only thing i don't like he has a couple things in there that i don't like but most of it's pretty true now the placebo is 40 percent and mm. what that means is you could give somebody a sugar pill and it would beat out any pharmaceutical drug on the That's market. Right. Because if it was to go on the market today, they wouldn't pass the placebo. In fact, right. they have to do two to three studies to get it even passed at 30%. But now, they, now we're in more danger with the drug company because they've picked out the gene sequence for the person who's placebo positive. 
Oh, talked boy. about in there. I had 23andMe done, and I don't have it. My wife did, and she's very suggestible, and she has it. She wow. has that gene expression for the placebo effect. So some people have it. So now they can figure out who the placebo people are and not have them in the study, which is worse. Oh, man. So now they can, so in the, in the, or they can bring them in and give the placebo and make it that way. So right. The nocebo is when you, let's say that you're part of the study and you get a sugar pill and you have the negative side effects they tell you about, you know, that 30 minutes of after the 30 second commercial <laughs> yeah. where they're talking about where the people are skipping and jumping and singing, but the, the list of things. Yeah. That gonna, side effects include blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they go on for 30 seconds. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Right. It's terrible. Or they buy this. If you were looking at a magazine, they have the one page with the solution yeah. of the drug, then four pages going back, all the tiny side print, all side effects. Yeah. So some people will gravitate more toward the negative than the positive. And so when we talk about, and that's where Dr. Dr. Joe has a really good book, You Are the Placebo. That's right. And it, I mean, we there's a study by Ohio State University. We always use at our clinic and they were, they took hypnotists. And they took people and they took a group of people and they said, we want you to pretend to be hypnotized. We're not going to hypnotize you, but we want you to pretend to be hypnotized. These are the things you, you need to do. They took a group that was hypnotizable, you know, that, mm -hmm. that were tested, and they hypnotized them to do those same things. Guess which group got the best response? The ones that pretended to be hypnotized. Yes, the yeah. ones that pretended to be. So <laughs> we'd bring out that study in our therapy, and they said, well, this isn't working for me. I said, we're going to show you a study done by Ohio State University, a pretty major university. I said, what we want you to do is pretend that you're a non-smoker <laughs> for the next 21 days. And at the end of 21 days, let's have a conversation about it. They go, well, if I do that for 21 days, I'm not going to be a smoker. <laughs> wow. That's right. You're getting it. Yeah. So it's all about pretending, getting into character, because belief drives behavior. That's right. And I, I think that Deepak Chopra or, or somebody, I think, no, it might have been uh, one of those guys said that thoughts are ancestors to action. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it might have been Wayne Dyer that said that. But when you think about it, we have a thought, then we have an action. Nobody has an action, then a thought. They might go, I could have done something different. Right. The reality is that we're thinking first, even that, that's what's the problem with addiction therapy. They think that they're not a cause. Right. But they are because they haven't interrupted the pattern. That's why, you know, the, the whole thing about the habit of breaking you or, or not being yeah. You know, things like that, because people get up and they think that there are these behaviors. That's the right. The number one law of psychology states you can't be a behavior. No, you can't. And, people and, you still know, get up and they affirm it. And then when they get it, they go, see, I told you. No, you got that because you believed it. Right. And that's the reality my... is you can't be a behavior. You can't be an alcoholic. You can't be no. overweight. You can't be these things. You, But you can experience them. Right. And that's and, that's what I was just going to say. You know, I... I... <laughs> My not my biggest thing with with twelve step programs. It's not that they they don't work because they work for some people, but it's a very small amount percentage of people. Less than two percent. You know, that's terrible. I'm, I mean, it is terrible. Study. You know, I, I just don't want to discourage anyone who's right. who's maybe if you're one you know two percent. Please keep doing it. Right. But if you're the, and that's because the constant affirmation. I'm an addict. I'm an addict. You know, I'm an addict. If you I know, get up and, and go, hello, I'm Patrick. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, what, my brain's gonna go. What does it take to be an alcoholic? The same thing's true. Uh, I love that when people come in and they go, you know what? I want to do your program for weight loss, but I'm a lifetime member of Weight Watchers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like... And I think that it's good to have a community. So if you're going there for a community and people... Yeah. But you don't have to be losing weight to be in Weight Watchers. You can That's be right. thin and healthy and still go to your Weight Watchers meeting. You got to change your mindset. 
a few years ago, you know, I had a great acting coach. One of we're gonna, I'm gonna try to have him on the podcast. Um, he's an amazing man, but he used to, you know, he used to say he'd be working with people and they'd be on stage and they'd be doing this, you know, they'd be going through the motions and he'd be like, I want you to pretend that you're a Broadway actor, you know. He, I mean, he would just <laughs> tell them that, you know, and all of a sudden, they 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 would ju- they would lose themselves. I mean, and they would become the, the their performance, you know, would become powerful, and they would just. And I'm, it's a, it just, and so I would do that, you know, whether I, you know, I love boxing or whatever I'm doing, I'm, I would just say to myself, why don't you just pretend that you're, you know, you're, you're a professional boxer? Why don't you, you know, why don't you pretend you're on Broadway if, you're, if I'm doing a role or, you know, that, and it just gives you kind of gives yourself permission to, to, yeah. to be all that you can be and step out of this identity that we get stuck in, you know? We, so I love that you said that. Yeah. In neuroscience, they have some, we have something called glia cells. We have something called mirror neurons. Leo cells right. recruit mirror neurons to get you to act like that. So, right. uh, and we all have them as kids. That's why when you said, when I get childlike and do this thing, that's because as soon as we start to think we're too, or we get stressed, then mm-hmm. we have to act out of that stress. But when we give ourselves permission and, you know, in fact, this is kind of bizarre. We, we're not doing it anymore. So I, I don't think I can get in trouble, but in, in New York city, we couldn't find therapists. We hired actors Wow. and we told them all you have to do, because most of them were listening to our sessions anyway, but they had to be a coach before coaching was popular. Now right. everybody's a coach. But we said, here's all you have to do. Ask these questions, record this data. We'll, we'll teach you how to pick out what session is best for them. They'd come in and pretend they were therapists wow. <laughs> because they, you didn't have to have a license. It was more of a coaching yeah. program. And the actors were actually better than the trained therapist. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't... I mean, we had one therapist that was a master social worker. She had been doing it for 30 years. People hated her. Yeah, but they love this person who's just off the street pretending to be a therapist. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing, you know, um, the the power of the mind and the imagination, you know, which is a, it's so it's 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 left out of so many talks, but it's so important. I think it's like one, you know, that's one of one of the ways that we're immediately plugged into sources through our imagination. You yeah. know, um, I so. love when people say to me, "Do you think what you're doing is the placebo?" And I said, "If it isn't, it works. Does it matter?" Right. Because right. then as you're getting the result, somebody always says, well, I think it's only working because it's the placebo. I go, if it's working, <laughs> doing it. You know, people, are, there's a saying that says, you know, man is, man is complex, spirit simple. Yeah. So when you, when you think about it, people want to make it too complex. Yeah. You know, it, it is kind of like acting. I mean, you, you acted your way into your behaviors in the first place. That's right. And uh, Dennis Waitley in his book, uh, in The Seeds of Greatness, he talks about, uh, how our subconscious is like a robot. We trained it all these years. That's right. And now the robot tells you what to do. And Bruce Lipton kind of mirrors that when he says only ninety, only five percent of our world is controlled by our conscious mind. Ninety-five percent right. from our subconscious. So we have to get to that level where the subconscious is to make the changes. And that's part of that is belief and, and that's right. imagination. And you know that's why they say imagination is more important than knowledge. You know, so right. we need to get into that. Absolutely. Um, so. Without getting too controversial, you know, I would I would love to hear what it's so relevant right now. It's hard not to talk about. You know, what's your what do you think is happening with COVID nineteen and the effects it's having on society? And you know, what's what's your opinion on that? You know, without well, getting po- too yeah, political, without do- getting too political, I think it's a big scam. Personally, yeah. uh, mainly because we have these things all the time. Yeah. And it's not living up to the numbers they want. If it was, they'd actually just count the 
the real cases. Yeah. But number one, we have less deaths because we don't have medical malfeasance right now. Right. People right. are going and getting them. Hospitals are suffering. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing that's happening is they are suppressing immune systems big time. And the reality is that we are infinite beings. We have a very powerful immune system. We mm -hmm. are magically and, and naturally made to withstand this. We're over 55% germs. Of course. We need to make peace with them. It, and, yes, and viruses. We're like, even more viruses. You and, know. And what's really amazing to me is this year, there's been less deaths than a normal year with the flu. Uh, you know, I keep saying this to people, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like... Even with all the inflated numbers. I have family members that supposedly got it, but yeah. they, they've never isolated the virus. Here's the no. question people need to ask. I would believe more if they actually isolated COVID-19. I know. And they, they won't talk about never that done either, it. you know. And, and so they're in, if they really do the research, this test, when they magnify it up to 35%, once it gets to 36, everyone on earth has it because we all have COVID in us. Right. To some degree. It's just like cancer cells. We all have cancer cells in us. If right. we want to, we could all be diagnosed with cancer, but our immune system is powerful enough to take care of it. That's right. And then, you know, if, and I was just reading a study that Dr. Dr. Bush was talking about, um, about, you know, HIV, how they were, they tested 800 people and they, and they found, you know, and it, you know, it's a very, it's very trace amount. It's, it's, it's a different kind of test, right. but you know, it, it just shows the level of exposure that we, we all have this flora and garden, um, in as it's part of our makeup. It's part of our body. Now. The you know CDC what I mean? actually came out on their website. It says it's not airborne. It's not on surfaces, but yeah. the mainstream media isn't doing that. No. No. Uh, so, you know, the, the main thing here is that it's a flu. We yeah. get them every year. This one happens to be very severe. Right. You don't want to get it. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Now, everyone who hasn't taken care of themselves, we're all suffering from it. Right. Uh, so I, I, another question for you, you know, um, what do you think is the origin story of the human race? Well, <laughs> most people, I don't, my, my wife used to joke and say we were an experiment. Yeah, she, now, I think more I think and more we are in yeah. something's going going on, and I think that within the next fifteen years we're all going to know that. Yeah, uh, because it's just bizarre. We're the only animal that really shouldn't be here. Right. I yeah. mean, every other animal can live outside in their environment, no problem. We can't. We've right. got to, you know, do different things. So I, I don't think they're they're. I mean, even when you go back to the Bible, when it says that they took the rib. Mm -hmm in me yeah. you know woman you know uh isn't that genetics yeah yeah somebody messing with genetics and things like yeah. that. i mean so you could you could i don't have any truth or facts about it but i'm i'm of the belief that uh this is an experiment this could actually be a virtual reality who yeah. knows uh, i mean elon musk who's actually trying to get us plugged in with our brains right yeah um, i don't <laughs> know if i like that but he said that it's probably uh, a one in 336 million chance that this isn't Right. Synthetic. Yeah. This is a virtual I think, reality. <laughs> I think it is, you know, and I, and I think it is an experiment. And I, and I think that, you know, look, I, I'll never forget. I was sitting, I was listening to Greg Braden uh, speak in one of, one of I his love him, yeah. lectures. Yeah. What, brilliant man. Um, good buddies with Dr. Joe. Mm -hmm. and, and he was talking about chromosome B and he was showing us this study and he was showing us how, you know, even back in 1997, I think it was a Harvard, it was either Harvard or Yale, this study, um, this extensive study of chromosome B, and they showed how, you know, he, he pointed it out and he said, you, you can see how whenever scientists come to the, come to a conclusion that they're not, they're not, they're not quite sure they want to take credit of, 
they use we. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he says, like, you know, we have come to the conclusion, and they talk about how, like, they recognize this, what they called, and I quote, an ancient fusion, you know, that took place in chromosome B, and that they couldn't, they, they couldn't quite figure out how it happened. But, you know, just like you see, like, um, when they fuse trees together, they, like, you know, you can't miss it. It's this, it's this fusion that was made and, and it's, it's pervasive in our whole body. And, uh, you know, only, I mean, let me just go far out with, you, you know, only a very advanced race of beings could make a DNA and, you know, fusion happen in, a, in another species. And that's what I think, you know, yeah. happened, you know, well, in Gaia, you'd, you'd be the Anunnaki, right? They would be, yeah, that's they would right. Be doing it. And I mean, there's all these, um, mythical tales of giants and, and how mm -hmm. the gods, even in the Bible, it says the gods made that's it with right. the women of earth. I mean, it's all there. I mean, it, it, and, uh, I think it's Eric von Donegan. I mean, if people want to really research, I mean, when he's got some pretty enlightening stories yeah. in books, like, uh, and he, the one that I really like is the gods have never left. You know, yeah. they, they, you know, who knows what's out there? We are so, remember, we're only seeing four pe 40 pieces of information out of 2,000 our eyes can mm -hmm. see, and we're being told what to see, how to yeah. see it, Always, how to process right? it. And so those people that wake up and become enlightened, they start seeing a whole new reality. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know how that's going to shift what we do, but I do think that we're, this is a time we're all, we're all living in a very mm -hmm. uh, powerful time that people are waking up and they're saying, Hey, we're being squeezed, uh, yeah. you know, in ways that are testing our very existence. Right. And people are waking up saying, I mean, there, there's actually evidence that we need, we're more like, we're more like house plants with very, sophisticated emotions right? <laughs> yeah, so than, than we are, you know, anything else. So yeah. we, we are light beings. And as we soon are. as we get back to that and we start interacting on that level and start sharing the love. I mean, when you think about when light bulb was created, it was created mm -hmm. in three places on earth at the same time. There it is right there. When the automobile was created, four different places at the same right. time on earth. Now, how so, do they know that, right? You know, yeah, it's like... So, Where's all this information coming from? Who who's actually thinking the thoughts that we're thinking? You know, as 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 bad as things may seem with the human race, I do believe that we're 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 destined to figure it out. Um, you know, especially when I talk to someone like you, uh, it gives me great hope. So right. um, well, I, I always have to remind, uh, especially my wife, who gets a little stressed about things. I said, we're not in the driver's seat. Right. You know, our job is to enjoy the journey and and try to have as much fun as possible and and be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yeah. You know, so, so there's, you know, but it's all gonna play out. And, and, you know, like I said earlier, anybody out there doesn't believe it, the truth doesn't take your belief. Right. So have your own experience. If you, if you had a brother, mother, teacher, sister, whatever, tell you something and that's your belief system, go have a direct experience. Right. And then right. you'll know. That's what happens when people do this ayahuasca or these. I mean, you just read my mind again, man. I was, just, I was just about to say, you have to, you have to, you have to find the ceremony. I mean, yeah. we talk about it uh, yeah. off, off, off the record. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I, I had a wonderful woman. Um, she's, a, she's a mentor and a friend of mine, amazing woman, healed herself of stage two cancer. Really, the one who introduced me to Dr. Joe's work, um, tell me, she said, you know, the more work that you've done, the, 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 the smoother and the greater the your your ayahuasca journey is, and I was like, all right, 
say no more. You know, I mean, like, because she had just just done it. She's not even really into psychedelics at all, but she was in Mexico and did it, and she was like, it was amazing. You have to do it. And so that's what got, that's what kind of like convinced me. And, uh, you know, I, you, I think you'd, I think you'd love yeah, it. Yeah, the, the book Catching good. Fire, I've read that. Oh, it's yeah, great book. Yeah. And, um, then there's a few others I've been watching, but Gaia's got so many ones. I'm, yeah. Um, but it convinced my wife not to do it, so I don't know. They, they, oh. <laughs> yeah. My, I, my, she's she's going to let me be the guinea pig on this one, I think, and let me do it and see what happens. My my, my wife is, uh, she, she she's talking about doing it. She's like, oh, maybe I'll go to Costa Rica. I was like, you don't, you don't have to go so far to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I think she's going to try it. Um, mm-hmm. It's great, you know. So I got to ask you a question. This is this is one of my one of my favorite questions um, that I love to ask. If you were leaving the Earth forever, what is one jewel of knowledge? You know, or one teaching that you that you would leave the human race to 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 kind of help all sentient life here? Well, I think it's something that I express a lot. It's that we are infinite beings experiencing an infinite creation, you know, don't try to change anything, just experience everything that you're willing to experience and let it sort itself out. Too many times we walk in with these prejudices, you know, and I think that people miss out on opportunities because whatever happened. For me, I woke up when that experience in the hospital and before that I was very much, yeah. you know, I was, uh, so I think that the main thing is to remember you're infinite. This is just a temporary thing. This is a temporary setback if for your consciousness, but you're learning. It, there's a reason they call it school, school classroom earth. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and believe me, there are a lot of others that would rather be here too, but they're not mm-hmm. yet. So right. this is a place we can learn, grow, and develop. And, you know, it, you can, I always tell people that you can either laugh your way or cry your way to enlightenment. I think you'll laugh my way. You know? I'm with you, man. I can't help but laugh my way there, you know. Um, so if you were leaving on a spaceship, right, and you and you bumped into you know a, a few aliens who are coming to live among us, what are three things that you would say to them um that you that you think they should know? Um that you think would help them live easier among among us, among humanity? Right. First of all, master the culture before you try to change it, mm-hmm. number one. <laughs> number two, don't show any extraordinary powers or experiences because they usually nail them to trees. <laughs> <laughs> Num- number three, find something that you're good at and share it with humanity. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be accepted. You know, f- Find a solution to a problem that's there because they probably have a technology solution to what's happening and then share it with the world. It's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to have you on, Dr. Porter. Thank you so much for your time, your insight, um, and for sharing this amazing um, you know, program and technology that you... We're going to include links to, to everything um, in, our, in the body of our YouTube video. And um, man, it's been, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. Well, great. You gave me a chance to talk about things I usually never get asked. Ah, awesome, man. <laughs> you know, so, so this awesome. is good. Well, thanks again, Dr. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you so much. Yep.